At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. And welcome to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds right here for the next two hours at South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi, the man himself, will join us uh, in just a little bit here and get his thoughts on Monday Night Football. And Will Hill will join us also later on this hour. Of course, our recent contributor here uh, looking ahead to some of the football games coming up this weekend and certainly our Thursday night contest. But we do have to look back before we look forward. And I think a, a bit of a surprise to many, certainly yours, included last night when you saw the Buffalo Bills fall at home to the New England Patriots 14-10. to 10. The tickets that cashed of course would be the under as you saw the win there in Orchard Park wreaking havoc on the passing game. Only 24 total points scored in this one and of course the Patriots cast the tickets here getting the three if you took the money line kudos to you. Uh, Wes Reynolds, I, I believe in Sean McDermott. I believe he's a good coach. I think it's pretty safe to say he was outcoached last night by Bill Belichick. Whether or not you thought Belichick called a, a great game is another story. But to, to not figure out a way, and I know the wind was the, the, the elephant in the room here last night. Were you as surprised as I was that in a pro football game, Bill Belichick could get away with only attempting three forward passes in a game and win it on the road. Yeah, and you know, when it all comes down to it, and I agree with your assessment on Sean McDermott, I think he is an above-average coach uh, here in the NFL, but 
there still comes down to times where Bill Belichick is playing chess and every other coach is playing checkers. Mm -hmm. And I think that we saw that last night. And I mean, I wasn't surprised at the outcome. It was basically a coin flip game, even though I was on the wrong side of it with the bills, but I was a little bit surprised with the game plan offensively of the Buffalo bills and the fact that look, Josh Allen showed that he has a really, really strong arm Mm -hmm. and can throw it through the wind. One of the things I was surprised at was, okay, they didn't throw a little bit more on first down. Also, you have a very good mobile quarterback in Josh Allen. Not as many design runs. I mean, I understand you got to stay committed to the run, and it's like they're trying to run it, but... I just I, I thought you needed more creativity from the Buffalo side. And then really in the second half, I think it kind of got lost on game management on the Buffalo side because you challenge that spot uh, where Mac Jones and I felt Mac Jones was short of yes. the line again when because remember when they had that sequence where they snuck it on third and five. That's right. They got four yards. So it's fourth and one. So, OK, we're going to do it again right up the middle quarterback sneak. And I felt Jones was short, but they ruled it a first down on the field. And that's like one of those challenges where it's impossible it. to overturn. Right. Because you've just got this mass of bodies and massive humanities there in the middle. How can you precisely determine enough to overturn that call? And that's what the league tells the official oh. call on the field's got to stand. So he wastes the timeout there. They also had that timeout uh, uh, late in the fourth quarter where, you know, they went down and then that's the play they designed. And then Josh Allen basically takes a sack there. So now. You have one timeout, essentially, and it's 14 to 10. And honestly, the guy, the analyst that really hit that point the hardest was David Letterman on the Manning cast. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't like that this they, they went for two here because he was pulling for Josh Allen and the Bills. And Dave's an old Indianapolis guy, That's so right. he's clearly not pulling for the Patriots. But... You know, when they went for two, I think that that did change the dynamic of the game. And that was the first drive for the Patriots where they made it eight to nothing. And it constantly changed. And the fact that Buffalo tried a field goal in the fourth quarter with Tyler Bass, it was 34 yards out. And that's, by the way, about what an extra point is. Mm -hmm. So there was some discussion. Okay, if the Bills score a touchdown here late in the final couple minutes. Do they, as absurd as it sounds, go for two? Because you just saw him miss a kick from that exact same distance right. from a field goal. So it's like, well, you're going to try that extra point. I don't think so. So, you know, it was just, I, I didn't think it was a great game plan from Buffalo. I'll be interested to hear Michael's thoughts in the next segment on this. But to your point on New England, you know, Basically, Bill Belichick served as Sensei John Kreese, <laughs> and Mac Jones was in the role of John Lawrence and the Karate Kid, and he pulls him aside, and he goes, sweep the leg. But Sensei. Yeah, and Mac Jones is like, I can throw the ball I on these the, guys. Like, come on. Throw, I don't need throw it. Yeah, I don't need to hand off every single time. Uh, basically, he ended up with three passes. He goes, sweep the leg. Do you have a problem with that? No, Sensei. You know, execute the game plan, and that's what Mac Jones did. Mac Jones, obviously, is the butt of a lot of national jokes in sports media this morning, but I give him a little bit of credit here in the fact that, yeah, he didn't have to do very much. Even his own teammates, Matthew Judon and a couple others, like, well, he didn't really have to do much. No. He had to hand it off. But you know what? It takes a lot for a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback like Mac Jones, to put your ego aside and say, okay, you know what? 
I'm going to risk being the butt of the jokes. I'm going to sacrifice for the team, and I'm going to sacrifice my own stats and my own ego and the perception of me out there, and I'm going to do what the coach and the coaching staff asked me to do, and I'm going to hand the ball off every single time. The only area of concern that I would have going forward if I'm Mac Jones and Bill Belichick is we still don't know the question that was asked before the game, which is can Mac Jones throw the ball in the wind? And we don't know. Because he really didn't attempt it. So now you're going to have games. Right now, the, the New England Patriots are the number one seed in the AFC. More than likely, if this holds, they're going to have home playoff games in New England in January. I'm not going to say that it's going to be 40-mile-an-hour gust winds like they had last night in Orchard Park. But you're going to have situations where Mac Jones is going to have to throw the football. And right now, if they're the number one seed... I don't know that he can do that. Now, Tom Brady, when he was there, he played at Michigan. Mm -hmm. So he had some of those elements. He dealt with some of those elements in college. And, of course, we all figured out very early on that Tom Brady could figure out how to throw the ball in, in the wind. They never asked Mac Jones to do that at all. And at some point, they only had 11 first downs yesterday. And I know we thought, well, they ran the ball. Well, not really. They only had four more uh, minutes of time of possession than the Buffalo Bills. So while th the exercise was a victory for the Patriots, I do worry that going forward, have they asked and answered the seminal question is, can they win a game like this at home when you can't just get 11 first downs? When you, you, you have to do a little bit more than just get two drives, essentially one touchdown drive and then kick a couple field goals and play good enough defense to win. I don't know if that recipe is going to translate for New England going forward into the bigger picture, which is the postseason. Well, here's where I'll push back just slightly on that because – I think you're right. The Patriots still have a lot of unanswered questions. So does every other team in the AFC. I mean, if you could tell me who you think the best team in the, is in the AFC, and I think most would just say the Patriots because they're obviously on a seven-game winning streak. But to your point, you know, there's still some questions. Oh. Can you win a game like that in the playoffs? But right. I think those questions remain for the Buffalo Bills. I think those questions remain for the Titans, for the Colts, Chiefs. for the Chiefs, for the Chargers, for the Ravens, for the Browns, for the Bengals, the Steelers. Are Miami still in playoff contention? Any team in playoff contention, I think there's a question. And I'm going to try to ask this question to Michael, and I'm going to see what answer we're going to get. Who is the best team right now in the AFC? And I don't – you can get about five or six different answers, sure. in my opinion. Well, yeah, and again, my point would just be, and, and I'm with you, I mean, everybody's got those same questions to, to answer, certainly, and the Buffalo Bills have to figure out how to run the football. I mean, it, it, last night, if you're not going to utilize Josh Allen in the run game, if the guys you have, if it's Singletary and Moss, if they're not good enough, you've got a, a bigger problem there. But, but Josh Allen can throw the ball in the wind. He attempted 30 passes last night, 30 passes last night to three for Mac Jones. So I don't have those same questions for the Buffalo Bills. I have other questions about the Buffalo Bills, but that would not be one of them. So when you get into a high-stakes game here in a couple months, whether it is against Kansas City and it is bad weather, and, and Patrick Mahomes has dealt with those elements, maybe not to that same degree, but in Kansas City, he's played some cold weather and windy games. I don't have any concerns there. I do still have some of those concerns for the Patriots going forward. But again, this is on Sean McDermott. He's got to figure out a way to win that game last night at home. Now, losing the Tennessee game in the manner in which they did on Monday Night Football, they have not been great in prime time this year. They're going to have a lot more prime time games, we think, going forward here. They're going to have to figure out a way to win some of these. And right now, 
now, you're right. That is a bit on Sean McDermott. Yes, we tipped the cap a little bit to Bill Belichick last night. I just don't know if that way is sustainable for the Patriots going forward in similar well, conditions I like mean, this. I mean, I think it was just an extreme case here because of the winds. I think, right. look, if it's, if it's snow, if it's winds in the teens, I don't expect that you're going to have 42 carries out of 45 plays right. like you had last night for New England. I think that this was just an extreme situation. And look, extreme situations call for extreme measures. I mean, Bill Belichick is not one of these guys that says, oh, okay, I got to win pretty here. Right. No, you no, know, he doesn't He's care. just got to win. Yep. He, does, he does not care. And he went, you know, he went to the Tom Osborne. There's a reason why I tweeted that picture of Tom Osborne during the game last night. I'm going to run it until you stop it. Right. And I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to do, and it was kind of interesting or coincidental, dental, I guess, of the fact that Bill Belichick was wearing a Naval Academy mask <laughs> back in the locker room. It felt like it, And it, it felt like the Navy-Army game, which we, of course, are going to get this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, obviously, the Patriots have a bye week next week, so they get to, to rest up. Uh, it was interesting because you did hear Mac Jones say after the game that he had practiced into the win, throwing the ball in the win, and he felt like he kind of wanted to, to figure out if he could do it. That was one pass that was, uh, he had two passes completed. One was a screen, and the other one was uh, to the tight end who had to, like, tip it to himself twice because it definitely got lost up there in the wind. I'll be very curious to see uh, how they go forward here in those cold weather games coming up in New England. Remember, this is an, an Alabama guy here, Mac Jones here. Mm -hmm. This is not Tom Brady from Michigan. Uh, meanwhile, the Bills go down to Tampa Bay, and you look up, and right now the Buffalo Bills are 7-5. and five. This is the team that everybody had ordained that they're going to win the AFC. Forget about the East. They're going to win the AFC. They're going to represent the conference in the Super Bowl this year. Boy, they, they have hit a lot of road bumps along that way here. I, I, I wonder if they're going to be able to recover here. And again, going down to Tampa next week, certainly that could be what many people had assumed could be a Super Bowl matchup. But, Wes, you look at it now. Now they're getting three and a half on the road. Boy, they've got a lot more questions than they have answers right now in Buffalo. Yeah, and, and look, I was one of them. They're my pick to make it out of the AFC in preseason. It has gone down to three minus 120 for Tampa Bay. This was three and a half in the look ahead. So there is some support for Buffalo here a little bit. Tampa Bay, you know, maybe a little road weary. Four road games in five weeks. They come home, and this could be the f spot where they come a little bit flat. So lean Buffalo early, but no bet for me as of now. All right, we're going to talk much more about this with the man himself. Michael Lombardi is going to join us after a very short break cannot wait to get his thoughts on what we witnessed last night in orchard back park come on back it's the lombardi line right here on vston the sports betting network at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to 
do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Football season, it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Back here on the Lombardi Line, I am Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. And Wes, it is a pleasure to have, of course, the man that this show is named for, the Super Bowl champion, NFL executive, and host of the Lombardi Line, Michael Lombardi joins us now via the phone. Michael, great to have your thoughts today on uh, what we saw. Wes and I talked about it a little bit uh, to begin the show here. What is your biggest takeaway from the Patriots getting that 14-10 win on the road last night? Well, I, I thought it was a coaching masterpiece. I mean, how many coaches would be willing to stay with a game plan that they they stayed with? I mean, they predetermined during the afternoon that the weather was so bad that it was going to have to be a run game. They were, if they tried to throw the ball, it wasn't going to work. And they just were 
committed to doing what they did. They adjusted along the way. They had about five runs in the game. And as the game went along, they adjusted those runs out. I mean, here's the thing, the people that want to criticize it. I heard somebody say it was coaching malpractice last night. I mean, that's a complete comedy. I mean, that was how you win a football game, right? And and when you look at the stats, just because they only threw it two, t- three times, they outgained the Bills who threw the ball more. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the number one rule in New England, so everybody understands, is we have to avoid losing before we can win. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what they did was they avoided losing. And so it may not have pleased all the analytical people because, you know, they're the most important people to please in football, but it won the football game for the Patriots. <laughs> and, and Michael, I, I agree. There's something also to be said for the old Tom Osborne approach of I'm going to run it until you stop it. And the Buffalo Bills, yeah. quite frankly, didn't stop it very often enough in terms of the running game. Knowing, knowing it was coming, being number four in DVOA, speaking of analytical numbers, and that didn't really matter in the end result. But let's look on the Buffalo side. And I'm curious your thoughts on this team going forward, Michael, because look, I think Sean McDermott is a very good coach. I think he's an upper level coach in the league, but you mentioned coaching masterpiece. There's a time when Bill Belichick is still playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. What did you make of the offensive game plan of Sean McDermott and Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator last night? Didn't see as many passes on first downs and didn't really use Josh Allen, I don't think, as much in terms of in the running game. Well, I thought they did. You know, they, they decided to take the ball to start the game. I mean, you know, I don't know. I didn't have the broadcast on, so I had it on mute. I didn't want to listen. But the, the whole the whole game plan was to get the lead, right? And so they wanted the win behind them, which allowed the Patriots to have the win in the second and the fourth quarter. They wanted to have the win. They wanted to score early. They wanted the Patriots to play from behind. They wanted a rookie quarterback. And when they couldn't do that, I think they got frustrated. They were fortunate enough that Keneal Harry had that ball hit them. So, to me, Buffalo is a really small team. They're a small team. Indianapolis went up there and beat them up pretty good, ran for 246 against them. And, you know, Ed Oliver's not a big man. Matt Milano's not a big man. They pushed him around, and, and the Patriots felt like they could do that going into the game. And, you know, I think that Sean McDermott's sitting there with a team that is probably not really conducive to playing outdoors. It's more of a team that's better to play against a spread attack, and it's very athletic. So, you know, they tried to throw the ball, and I don't think the television, according to the people that I talked to after the game, I don't think the TV really gave an indication of how bad it really was. Like, I think it was really bad. And there was only one direction. The direction that the, that the, the, the Bills missed the field goal and they, and, they, and, they, and they had fourth down stop, that was almost impossible to score yeah, Michael, we've seen this before in years past, right? I remember some vintage Brady games uh, and Belichick where one week in the playoffs, they'll game plan where basically it's like 10 runs in a row, like we saw at the beginning of the game yesterday. And then the very next week in bad weather, Brady will come out and throw it 15 times in a row. Like this is just the way Belichick scripts it up according to the weather, the elements, and the opponent, correct? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that was how he felt you had to play the game to win that game on that specific day. I mean, you know, Kyle Shanahan ran the ball against the Minnesota Vikings in a playoff game. You know, how many times did he run it in that game? Everybody thought it was the most brilliant game plan in the history of football. Right. You know, last night, people are saying it's coaching malpractice. Come on, give me a break. He did exactly what he needed to do to win the game. And that's all that matters. Winning the game is all that matters. And what was even the best part of the game was the players, nobody complained. Right. You know. Nobody, Matt Jones didn't, wasn't upset that they only threw it three times. Nelson Aguilar wasn't upset that he didn't get any receptions. 
I mean, they did exactly what they did. They bonded their team together, and they, they, they played the elements, they played the bills, and they played the clock. Hey, once they scored to make it eight to nothing, I don't think anybody thought that the game would get into 14 points. I didn't think anybody. I think they felt like once they got to eight, they were going to be in like four-minute mode. Mm. Yeah, and of all the analysts to bring up how important that two-point conversion was early, it was David Letterman on the uh, Manning gas <laughs> there on ESPN2 yeah. and said that that would play a factor. And it changed, I think, the way the game was called. It but, did. Michael, back to the Bills here. Now 7-5, and five, and look, uh, there were a lot of people that projected them to get out of the AFC into the Super Bowl, and they certainly still can, and I was one of those people. But what do you think needs to change for this team? Because they have a very favorable schedule besides the two games. One played last night against the Patriots. It's like the schedule is right there for this team to be a number one seed in the AFC, and they're obviously having to chase from behind. What do you think needs to be changed up there in Western New York? Well, I think they got to be able to have some kind of balance with the running game. They can't run the ball. I mean, we've been saying this for how long? They have no physical toughness with their offensive line. It's the weakness of their team. And Josh, and Josh Allen masked it because of his great ability to break tackles and escape. I mean, the third down play where he avoided the sack, it would have been third and like 25, third and goal from it. That was an amazing play. And he actually threw a great ball right to the right to the tight end. He just didn't make a play on it. So, look, they, they've got to get better in the offensive line, and they've got to get more physical toughness as their offensive unit because this is the way people are going to play them. I mean, let's face it, they're going to go down to Tampa this week. I, I, I'll say this. That's going to be the change. That's going to be the hardest game they're ever going to play, going from sub-zero temperatures to 75 degrees in Tampa and trying to deal with the heat and humidity after you're just trying to thaw out. That game will have a residual effect on the Bills and the Patriots. The Patriots don't have a, they have a bye this week, but certainly on the Bills. It's going to take a while to recover from that game because you're out in those elements for three and a half hours. Michael, I'm right there with you when I look at this game coming up against the Buccaneers here because I know that Bruce Arians wants, you know, no risk it, no biscuit, all that. He wants to throw the ball up and down the field. But when he sees the way that Belichick just manhandled them up front, don't you think that uh, playoff Lenny, he's going to be licking his chops next week? I got to think that other teams now, if they didn't already know it, that's the way you game plan the Buffalo Bills. You punch them right in the mouth and see if they like it. That's exactly what you do. And, and look, Brady's going to be able to throw the ball. You know, they don't have Tredarius White at corner. You know, they're going to be a little bit. But what the Patriots felt like, if they got into, if they tried to throw the ball, there would be tip balls. There would be, you know, Matt Jones would make a mistake. And they wanted to play the game completely without mistakes. Now, and next week would be a different game. Look, when they play them in, in New England, I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Jones throws it 35 times. It'll be a completely different game. But on that day, on that specific Monday in December, with the weather going like that, they altered the game plan. And what made it so effective was they didn't ditch it. Ask yourself this question. If Belichick was having coaching malpractice out there, as some people are saying, let me ask you this. What would Matt Nagy have done out there? What would the great <laughs> Brendan Staley have done in that game? <laughs> ask yourself that question. What would Andy Reid have done in that game? Right? Well, no what question. would have happened in that game? I mean, it's, it's, Wes, you put it best. I mean, it's checkers versus chess. He did exactly what he had to do. And, and the thing that's humorous is he got a win and everybody's critiquing how he did. We've got the Russian judge coming in great in the Olympics here. <laughs> yeah, I just don't get it. He, did, he didn't hit the triple sow cow, apparently, on the landing. Yeah, exactly. He didn't land the dismount. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like all the analytical people, he didn't land the dismount. I mean, are you serious? Try winning a game in the NFL. 
That's the hardest thing to do in sports. Win a game. It's hard. Ask Dan Campbell. Ask mm. Matt Nagy. Ask Pete Carroll this year. No doubt about it. Again, I, I, I don't know who those people are in national media, but I'm sure you're seeing them, Michael, and, and I'm sure that, that uh, there's a reason for, your, for what you're saying there because I do not understand how somebody could watch that game last night and go, what was Bill Belichick doing? My question would be, what was Sean McDermott well, he, doing? Well, he's trying to get the number one seed right. in the AFC, yeah. which he has right now. I, I just don't understand that logic at all, Michael. But, uh, yeah, look, it's going to be fascinating going forward how this win game affects these two teams. But as it stands right now, the New England Patriots have the number one seed overall in the AFC. Hey, Michael, thanks for joining us enjoy the rest of your day and uh, thanks for your insight as always oh thank you guys appreciate it. thanks for carrying the show hey we will do thank our you, best uh, as we, you we, hopefully enjoy the rest of your it's day it's a tough endeavor but we're trying here we will and, uh, try speaking but, of that the new england patriots of course they do have the bye week i didn't really get a chance to ask him about next week's matchup because yep. they don't have next week's matchup but uh, bye week for both teams, New England and Indianapolis. Very interesting game and a huge game for both teams, especially the Colts to keep those playoff hopes alive. Again, when I see that money come down right now to Buffalo, getting the, the down to three, three and a half year bet. I mean, my proclivity right now is take Tampa. If it stays at three, we'll see how this plays out throughout the week. Much more to get to. Of course, Will Hill is going to join us a little bit later on this hour talking more NFL, and we'll dabble in some NBA as well. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN Bowl Betting Guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter in every single bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis in all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your very best bets. This guide is designed to give you an edge, whether you're betting on every single game, playing contests, or just want to find a key high-value prop scenario. The guide drops December 13th. Make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. Uh, I am fascinated when I look ahead to some of these college bowl matchups. And again, that VEASAN guide, that betting guide is going to be uh, certainly a Bible of sorts here as you get into this bowl season. But let's look at the big ones at the national semifinals here, Wes, basically as we try to figure out who's going to win this national championship game. Obviously, when you have the one versus the four, you've got the highest variance here with Alabama installed as the overwhelming favorite here. 13 and a half point favorites over the Bearcats here, the over-under slated at around 58 and a half here. Uh, just your initial thoughts, because I know when you look at some of these trends here, like Cincinnati, ATS 5-0 and in their last five games as an underdog, there are some numbers there that might support this here if you wanted to back the Bearcats. Which way is your initial lean? Yeah, when you look at the number, obviously, that is a big number for uh, an, an undefeated team here. At their, I, I think probably for a reason, but you look at last year, Cincinnati against Georgia, they were getting eight and a half, and this was in the uh, Sugar Bowl. They were up 21 to 10 they going were. into the fourth quarter and eventually uh, fell 24-21, did cover as eight and a half point underdogs. So now a better defense, at least certainly for Cincinnati, getting more points. I think that at least that strikes you right away. But 
That being said, I know we had a lot of discussion last week about the Alabama defense. Is it as good as it usually is? And maybe it's not, but it is still pretty darn good. And this is obviously going to be a major upgrade over any defense Cincinnati has faced all year. And when we say that Alabama's defense is down, eighth in the country in total yards allowed, fourth in rushing defense. This is not against Little Sisters of the Poor competition. And I think that you saw that kind of bear fruit in the SEC championship game down, down in Atlanta. I know Alabama, you know, it, they just didn't strike you as like, hey, this isn't the vintage, just dominant Alabama because they did lose in College Station to Texas A&M. But you play tougher teams in that, in that West division. You play Ole Miss, who was a quality team this year, obviously a top 10 team. Mississippi State was solid. LSU, you know, week to week, some weeks they gave you really good efforts. They certainly did in Tuscaloosa. Arkansas, and it's just Auburn as well. That SEC West is just so much better, and there's a reason why Alabama, and I know they're in a different division, but they have not lost to an SEC East team since 2010. And you really saw the difference, I think, between playing that East competition and playing that West competition, and I think that that materialized. Now, that doesn't mean I think Georgia's national championship hopes are over, but we'll get to that momentarily. Mm -hmm. And look, this is about what I actually made the line was 13 and a half. I know there were some people out there saying, eh, it might be 16 and a half, 17. That would be too high. Yes. I think for a, a Cincinnati defense that I think can get stops. Now, Alabama, what worries you on the Cincinnati side is the big play capability. Now, that's going to lose a little bit with John Mechie being out with mm-hmm. that injury that's who they lost in injury. the SEC championship game. But this is a team that can generate those big chunk plays still down the field. And that concerns you, I think, if you're Cincinnati – And, you know, now Cincinnati, I think, is a little bit better on offense finishing drives in terms of the matchup with the Alabama defense because, you know, sometimes Alabama doesn't get you right off the field, even though they're a very good defense. They'll let you get get some yardage and then try to kind of that bend but don't break kind of mentality. But, uh, you know, Cincinnati, you look at what they did this year. They outscored opponents 22.8 points a game. That was only behind Georgia and Ohio State. Got to take into account the competition, though, because you're playing in that American Athletic Conference and, you know, you're going to beat up on some of these teams, the South Floridas of the world and the Tulane's of the world and whatnot. So 13 and a half right now, I think, is the right number. I have not bet this. So, look, you still obviously got a lot of time, December 31st. So you've got over three weeks, but. I just felt that the number was probably right here. I really couldn't make a convincing case either way, at least at this date. I, I kind of, you know, I look at it and you go, well, well, geez, Alabama put up 41 against Georgia's defense. And even though Luke Fickle and Cincinnati, mm-hmm. the Bearcats have a good defense. And they showed it in that championship game against Houston. They got after the quarterback, right? Now, Bryce Young's a different element altogether here. He's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I don't think there's any doubt about that at this juncture here. So now, will Bryce Young utilize his leg? You know, we were talking about at the top of the show for Josh Allen last night, and and you kind of wanted to see more of that. I wonder, without Mechie in the lineup here for Alabama, you take away one of his key cogs Mm -hmm. on the outside, do you see Nick Saban with three weeks to prepare using Bryce Young a little bit more in the run game? I think that could give Cincinnati fits if that's the case. But right now, as somebody who's kind of leaning towards the Bearcats here, taking Mm -hmm. the points, I'm kind of hoping that it gets to 14. I think it will. Right. And so, uh, to me, if you're, if you're going to play Cincinnati, which is what my proclivity is right now, wait. And if you're an Alabama backer, you might want to get that now. 
Because mm -hmm. to, to your point, we try to forecast where these lines might go. I think you and I both see it that way, that we think this line's going to move to 14, if not north of that. So again, the advice might be here is if you are a firm Bama backer, this is probably your best number. If you're somebody like me, I'm going to wait a little bit to your point of having three weeks and see if that Bama money comes in and then maybe hop back in on the Bearcats. Yeah, that I mean, look, that's probably the good approach. Obviously, you have a lot of time here, so no need to really necessarily just tie up your money unless you've got certainty on those sides. And then obviously, we've got three weeks of time. Look, there could be suspensions. Yeah, there could be academic. Academic casualties. There could be. We believe injuries. Luke Fickle's going to stay in yeah, Cincinnati we, now. We, we don't. We don't think that there's going to be obviously guys sitting out bowl games, right. which is kind of going to be a theme as we get into the uh, lower bowls but outside the college football playoff. And then, uh, you know, is a job going to open? And all of a sudden, Bill O'Brien going to be eligible, right. the offensive coordinator at Alabama. So uh, I think if that distraction is eliminated, that's obviously a feather in the cap for the Tide. Let's get to the next national championship matchup here, which is Georgia against Michigan in this. One very interesting two versus three scenario here, uh, and you, as you can imagine, well, the the two here is the underdog and a decided underdog here, getting seven and a half against Georgia right now, the the number three team in the country, obviously coming off that loss in the SEC title game against Alabama. I sure I'm sure there's circles of thoughts that say, all right, it was Georgia, Kirby Smart can't beat Nick Saban, it's in his head. And that's why that happened. As long as it's not Nick Saban on the other sideline, Georgia's going to be just fine. Do you agree with that approach? Yeah, you know, I certainly kind of lean that way. And, and the number I made was seven. You're basically getting seven and a half in the market. There are some eights out there. But I look at just the core of the matchup of this game. And I think the defenses are going to dominate on both sides. And, I mean, people say, oh, 44, oh, God, that's a low total on, on a fast track here in, the, in this game. Uh, at the, you know, and it's going to be outdoors at the Orange Bowl, by the way. But, you know, I just think that the defenses are so much better, really, than the offenses. Look, we kind of saw that. The jury might still be out on Stetson Bennett because mm -hmm. he had been so good, I think, all this year. Because we've talked about it with some other of our college football experts and our guests that come on, like, yeah, JT Daniels is way more talented than this guy, but you can't make the change. And I, and I don't think they lost that game just on the uh, on the back of Stetson no. Bennett on Saturday. But still, there's going to be that question a little bit. And then you have a Georgia team that obviously maybe the market perception or the general public perception is like, eh, they lost to Alabama again. Here we go again. Same old Georgia. And then you've got Michigan, who comes off their biggest win in several seasons over Ohio State. Harbaugh finally got on the board against the guys from Columbus and then the very next week it's like okay is this going to be the spot where they stub their toe and they come out 42 to 3 on Ooh. Iowa now now when you looked at that though it, it, it seemed like Iowa got plenty of stops in that game and yet they gave up 42 points but I think it's going to be different here I do think I even at 44 I would certainly lean to the under here I just think the defensive line, Michigan's offensive line is very good, but this is a different breed going yes. up against the Georgia defensive line. And this is also a little bit different from Georgia when you've got two pass rushers in Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson who are going to be first-round picks and early first-round picks at that come April. It's a different breed having two great pass rushers and having to block and protect Stetson Bennett. So my initial lean in this game is under. I think this is a low-scoring game. I think this might be an old-school, like, 20-17 to 17 type of game. I'm right there with you. I think the smartest player right now would be the under. Let's see if that does move because, again, it's already down to 43-and-a-half uh, here at BetMGM. 
because that's exactly what Jim Harbaugh wants to do. He mm-hmm. wants to line up, and, and Kirby Smart's not going to shy away from it either and say, all right, who's going to win the line of scrimmage? And that might take a while to figure out. And we, we're not going to know, but they're not going to drop back Stetson Bennett and try to beat Michigan through the air. I, I just don't see that scenario, and I, I certainly don't see the same uh, scenario playing out for Michigan. It's going to be run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, running clock. So the game script, what happened in the SEC title game, Wes, as you all know, is once they got behind, then Stetson Bennett couldn't play with the lead, and that's where they had to take some cha- chances that they're not normal, uh, normal chances that Georgia takes. They won't take those against Michigan. I'm right there with you. I think it's a low-scoring affair. I do think it's going to be very tight for the majority of it. Let's see if Georgia can pull away late. But right now, I think the under does feel like the right play uh, as we sit here in early December. But plenty of time to still make those picks. When we come back, Will Hill's got some NFL picks for you that he already likes as we look ahead to week number 14. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with a special offer on college basketball. Simply place a $10 money on wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Enjoy college hoops like never before at BetMGM all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire Seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. Always a pleasure to have our Point Spread Weekly contributor, uh, contributor, Will Hill, join us right now. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at NotTheWillHill. Will, great to have you back in the program. Let's talk some NFL. First of all, I was on the wrong side. I know Wes had the Bills' money line. I had him laying the three last night. I was disgusted with that performance by Sean McDermott. What did you make of that matchup last night? Oh, I enjoyed it. I had the Pats, the under, <laughs> and the under of Mac Jones passing yards, which was one of the most sweat-free bets you'll ever have. I know it got all the way down to 200, and I was texting somebody. He's like, oh, no, you missed the best number. You can't bet it. Well, uh, 200 was plenty. That was uh, that was fun. That was different. I enjoyed watching it. I'm actually going to bet against Buffalo this week because uh, I know we'll get into these games. I think that's a brutal turnaround to have a game that physical, that cold, the wind. You're getting run against 46 times. Now you go on a short week and you got to go to Tampa where it's hot, it's human. You got to play a good Bucks team. To me, that's a brutal turnaround. Tampa's really good at home. So I already bet the Bucks minus three. I think that's a good bet. And uh, I think that line will go up. Yeah, you're already seeing some three and a half. So if you, if you find a three, take it because I think it's going up. Right there with you. It's exactly, a, we were, Wes and I were discussing that a little bit earlier here. I, I do think if you can get it at three, hammer it at three right now with the Buccaneers. But again, here, bet MGM, it's already gone up to three and a half. Uh, to that point here, let's stay with the NFL theme a little bit. Uh, and let's talk about the Vikings and the Steelers and the Vikings, boy. How do you get back up after losing to Detroit a week ago and the biting kneecaps finally bit one and got the Vikings? Now they got to take on the Steelers at home in another must-win situation for what we thought might be a playoff team with Minnesota. Is there a side or a total that you like in this one, Will? Well, if anyone is used to a crock catch, it's the Minnesota Vikings. They are they're like a UFC fighter the way they take these punches. <laughs> that was as bad as it gets the other day. Uh, but look, no, no Dalvin Cook, no Adam Thielen. Darius saw the left tackle, the rookie who's played very well. That's a, a kind of an underrated injury. It doesn't look like he'll be back. So you're missing your left tackle against, you know, Watt and those guys for Pittsburgh who haven't been great on defense, but they're still a good defense. Uh, Vikings are getting some starters back uh, for this game. They were missing a bunch of guys uh, last Sunday, which I think I overlooked in my handicap. They were down like five starters, starting to get some of those guys back. So I look for an ugly low-scoring game. I like the under. I think 45 is a little too high. Uh, so I did bet under. And look, these Thursday night games, we know how they are. They tend to be a little sloppy. 
uh, a little bit of a slow start. It's hard to get going. And without all the weapons for, for Kirk Cousins, I think this is going to be kind of an ugly game. So I bet the under here. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think this is going to actually be a tough handicap because on one hand, you got to think, oh, the market's going to hate the Vikings a little bit because they lost to the Detroit Lions and, and Mike Zimmer maybe could be on the hot seat up there in Minneapolis. It was not a very good performance coaching from him mm-hmm. in that game against Detroit as Dan Gamble did try to give it to him late. And at the same time with Pittsburgh, how good are they? Now, Ben Roethlisberger, to his credit, who's on the back nine of his career was very good in the second half. And and I think that might've played part and parcel for the fact of uh, not to rehash this of why John Harbaugh elected to go for two. Plus the fact that I believe he was out of corners when Marlon Humphrey went out of the game. So that might've been a reason for that decision, but the under is probably the easiest place here. I'm with Will. All right. So that's where you guys lean there under 44 and a half between the Vikings and the Steelers on Thursday night. Uh, We mentioned the Lions getting that big win. Now they've got to play the Broncos here. Will, do you think maybe going back to the well with Detroit, if anybody backed Detroit a week ago, might be a fool's gold this week? Yeah, I bet Denver. I just think we've seen this a lot. We see a lot more in college where a team, they storm the field, they tear down the goalposts, they're all excited. I mean, we saw how the Lions reacted, and you know, rightfully so. That was a good win to get. They've been beaten up. They've been the, the butt of a lot of jokes, and you know, not that you feel bad for them, and if anyone saw – the, uh, the video of Jared Goff's girlfriend reacting to that win. I don't think anyone's going to feel bad for Jared Goff for no. a very long time. No. We're not going to feel but, sorry uh, for Jared Goff after that video. Not at all. <laughs> you can tell how she was, in, she was invested in Jared. Now, on the beach, <laughs> not in the stadium with the with her man's jersey on, living and dying on every play. And she wasn't at the game, Will. She made a business decision and decided to go to wherever that beach was because it looked beautiful. I I think that was an SI swimsuit shoot. I think that's what she was doing. Um, But, yeah, I think it's going to be hard for the Lions to bounce back and come with another home run effort. They got their win. Got to be a little satisfaction there. They've actually been pretty good against the spread, eight and four. So, But they they have kind of rotated between being very competitive, and then they'll throw in a stinker once in a while. Crazy stat I saw. I couldn't believe this. The Lions have the fifth fewest three and outs in the league. Uh, The other teams are all the good teams, the Packers, the Bills, the Rams, I think the Chiefs. So uh, the Lions actually moved the change, which is bizarre. But to me, this is going to get ugly. I think the Broncos still in the mix. I think they run up the score here. And not a real surprise, actually, is the Lions are getting money. This is dropping now down to seven and a half at BetMGM. I'm not sure if we see seven. It'll be seven with Vig. But look, People bet what they see last, especially in primetime games, what they see with Denver. Now, Denver had a couple chances to kind of sneak through that back door. Didn't really happen. But look, uh, Denver didn't cover against Kansas City, who's not really been covering a lot of numbers, even though they've been playing better, especially defensively. So people think, hey, how can Denver lay this big number here? They were not very good on Sunday night. And I do wonder if Detroit is going to be a little bit satisfied. Now, that could go one of two ways. They're either going to have that satisfaction that Will talks about, or they're going to be like, we got this monkey off our back. Now we can just play ball, fellas. Yeah, and that's that's a concern for me is Vic Fangio when I watched that game against the Chiefs in a game that not only should they have covered, but potentially they could have been in that game to actually win it, Will. So might this be even – I know that you like the Broncos minus eight, so if I'm going to tease that down, should I feel safe that at least they're going to win the game here by at least a field goal? Oh, no, it's the NFL. You can never feel safe. But I do think a teaser is a good play. I mean, again, that's a tough place to go to altitude, mile high. That's not an easy uh, trip to make. And 
Uh, Denver, I mean, Denver outgained KC by like 140, 150 yards. I think they won yards per play. And look, if you're sitting there betting Denver plus 10 and you win yardage by that much, you win yards per play, usually you're in pretty good shape to cover 10. But like you said, just couldn't cash in those drives. I'm sure you were going crazy because they, they didn't kick the field goal. They yeah. went 20 plays and came up with nothing. Thank so, you, Will. A uh, tough one for Denver backers. Yeah, I was begging for that field goal. Like, don't have this monumental drive and get Zippo. That's exactly what happened with Vic Fangio and the boys. Hey, let's talk a little NBA here. And again, after the Knicks won on opening night against the Celtics, they were uh, crowned as uh, NBA champions. That hasn't exactly happened, though, going forward, Will. And I know with the New York City cast, you do a great job with that. What do you make of the Knicks tonight uh, taking on the Spurs? Yeah, I follow this Knicks team closely. I faded them all year. I faded them coming into the year. I just thought a lot of things last year played in their favor. Uh, a lot of teams were resting players. They're resting their superstars. A lot of superstars were injured. A lot of teams were hung over from, from the bubble. The Knicks weren't in the bubble. The Knicks didn't have any superstars to rest. They, they won a lot of games. They got the four seed just with effort and defense. To me, now that everyone's more on a level playing field, I, I think we've seen them take a couple steps back. Randall's really regressed. Uh, the defense is not what it was. They've sort of traded some of their defensive players for offense. To me, laying two and a half on the road, I, I'm, I'm taking the Spurs here. I like the points. I think this Knicks team is a fade. And to me, they're no lock to make the playoffs. The East is a lot better, and uh, the Knicks have really come back to the pack here. Spurs have had two big efforts of late. Obviously, the upset of the weekend in Oakland against Golden State, coming off that win over the Suns on Friday night. And then uh, right there with the Suns last night, uh, got me paid on the cover. But, Will, let me ask you about another NBA game tonight. I know you might not have a play on it, but it is the late game in the TNT doubleheader. Boston and the Lakers here. And Boston's kind of hit a little bit of a skid over the last few games. Uh, two teams that are really, quite frankly, disappointing. 13-11 and 11 for Boston, 12-12 and 12 for the Lakers. So I'm starting to be some chirping I'm seeing about Frank Vogel, whether he is going to be retained. What do you make of this one season, Lakers tonight? Yeah, Lakers are another team you're in good shape fading because the pieces just don't fit. It never made sense to get rid of Caruso, uh, to bring in Westbrook instead of Buddy Heald. You know, this is a team that won, won a championship. They had basically no offseason. They went 21-6, and six and everyone got hurt, and they said, you know what, let's blow up the roster. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, I would actually lean Lakers when they've had LeBron on the court. Now, look, he hasn't been great. He's starting to show some age. Davis hasn't been good at all. He's been a disappointment. But at home, laying a short number, I would lean Lakers, but uh, not, not a bet for me in this one. All right, got about one minute to go, Will. You mentioned the Knicks. You've been fading them there. You're doing the New York City cast. Who is the king of New York? Give me the team. In, is it the Knicks? Is it still the Yankees? Is football season? Is it the blue shirts? Who is the king of New York? It's the Mets. They got Scherzer. They got all these outfielders. They got the money. The Yankees aren't doing anything. They're not spending any money. It's the Mets have some juice right now. Now we got to get baseball back. We got to get a deal. But uh, the Mets will be exciting this year. If you, could, you know, if you're living in the area and you go see Degrom and Scherzer pitch every other day, I mean that's a that's a hell of a duel. I'm excited for it. Hopefully we it's, get baseball back in, in 162. It's Iona basketball right now. The king of New Rochelle, <laughs> Rick Patino. How Ricky about that uh, with the upset of Alabama in that tournament a couple? He's weeks a hell ago. of a coach. Stoke. He's a hell of a coach. He really is. You can say what you want about him. That guy can coach. All right. Well, here's the deal. If we get baseball back, we got to figure that out. Then once Will gets his tickets, since he's the king of New York, we'll come to New York and we'll go watch Degrom. All right or Scherzer pitch in the Big Apple. Will, always appreciate the time and the information. Follow him on Twitter as we do at NotTheWillHill. We'll catch up again soon. 
See you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, Will. All right. Always great to have Will with us. When we come back, and talk a little bowl matchup. But before we get to there, how about Army-Navy coming up this week? We're going to talk about that and the line move there. It is the Lombardi line right here in Vista. These At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 